Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione coming off a great cornhole weekend and going into a doubly cool cornhole weekend. I mean, we've doubly got cool, yes. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> we've got an event happening uh, in, in Tiverton, Tiverton, Rhode Island? Tiverton. Tiverton, Rhode Island. I've never been to Rhode Island. Um, I won't be there because I'll be in Miami. Uh, so we have the shootout happening, uh, finals, and the Super Bowl. So lots of fun stuff coming up this weekend that we'll get into in more detail. But first, we got to cover what we're coming out of, which was shootout number three, uh, the prelims, and then ACL Open number 11 in Rapid City, South Dakota. Really cool stuff that happened there. Rosie Streaker is going to face off against Lori Duell in Miami for the women's shootouts. For doubles, the guys, Matt and Brett Guy, get it done uh, versus Jeremy Frazier and Noah Almanza. Noah Almanza needing that win <laughs> badly. Yeah. And then, and then men's singles, Jimmy Humans versus Tony Smith. That should be um, a really fun, entertaining game to watch. Um, so that's going to be what you're going to see out there in Miami. And then our open doubles champions were also Matt and Brett Guy. So great weekend for them. And finally, Hunter Thorne takes his, is it first title? Trey Let's and- go. Yeah. Yes. Very first title. Very first title for Hunter Thorne. And I couldn't help but think back to the beginning of this season when we we were all questioning Noah Wooten for choosing Hunter Thorne as yep. his partner. And Noah said, you don't know. <laughs> he, he, was was right. Right. he was right. He was right. <laughs> so big congratulations to Hunter. Um, I know how badly he wanted that. He kept posting on Facebook about how he doesn't finish. So there it is. You finished. You got your title. So, so happy for him. But uh, Trey, why don't you get started with the uh, shootouts first and, and give us your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, um, is, is, is Matt guy on a heater or what? Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy who didn't, the guy who couldn't figure out the shootout seems to have figured him out. Right. Um, I, I, I think it's funny. We talk, we talk about reflection, we go back on it, but like, if you think about it, you have, um, you know, we we talked about the idea of Matt guy, maybe just getting flat out passed by Jamie Graham, right? Jamie Graham, when he came up, he tied him in titles and then it was going to be like, well, Jamie Graham just kind of, kind of run away with it. And it's amazing how much this sport changes. What month to month? Yes. Yes. I mean, Next month, I guess Justin Burton Jr. is coming in last. I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain our sport. Let's not get crazy now. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> I mean, but sometimes that happens. You get this weird fluctuation of people playing better, playing worse. I mean, it's it's a crazy in between. So, um, but Guy is thrown outrageous right now. I came to South Dakota with one mission, and that's, well, Brett's already in Super Bowl. Might as well see if we can qualify in doubles and and make it to the shootout and get done. And so um, it's going to be a nice, easy summer for Matt Guy if he goes ahead and wins doubles in um, in Miami because that'll just make it that much sweet because he's just got – he's already got singles locked up now too. So um, Guy's on a heater. Rosie Streaker, uh, I don't know if – I, I shouldn't say I don't know. No one has made more shootout broadcasts than Rosie Streaker. I mean, she right? is just on fire. And unfortunately, she's just getting beat in the finals. And both times, she just, like, she showed up to the board this year against Cheyenne and Sam Finley, and they just went God mode. 
You know, I mean, they just, they wouldn't miss. They, it was one of those things where both times she's like, okay. It's guess, uh, uh, it's it's strategic, Trey. I think she's trying to cash in on as many second place purses as possible. And then bam, get that first. She's trying to maximize profits here. I think it's yeah. strategic. <laughs> well, I do know she wants to win this one. She's got like 20 different family members coming to Miami. I'll this talk about one. that a little bit later. But um was impressed by Lori Duell. I, I know I I'll say this much. Sometimes I maybe I'm a little harsh on Lori. Sometimes she's she's got more up and down, and 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 sometimes I forget it's more up than down. But when I saw that matchup against Yeti Irwan, I was like, Yeti's been throwing really, really well recently. I think Yeti ends up taking this one. And she beat Yeti pretty good. Yep, I yep. mean, it was a strong performance uh, there. And then on to the men's singles. I mean, battle of the tacky bags. This is that one's fun. This That'll is be fun. Anthony Ione's dream right now. Let's go. I mean, Let's go. Jimmy Humans and Tony Smith. And and to be honest, they were. I mean, they were executing just at a really high level. I think Hunter Thorne was really close again. Um, he ended up winning the weekend, kind of towards the end, but. He came so close, and at that point, I think he kept putting on on social media, sold, sold it again, sold it again. I'm selling everything, right? He was just coming so close. There's a big string of second and third place finishes. I think he's throwing really, really well right now, and I think you could argue he's a top 10 player at the moment based on the consistency in which he's throwing. It's a great point, Michelle, that we were all like, uh-oh, I don't think this is very smart. Now it's like, well, Hunter Thorne, should he be pairing with somebody else? I mean, I don't know how no Wooten's been – I mean – that's kind of a jest, but Noah's, been, yep. Noah's been, been playing just fine, some tough breaks. But overall, I mean, uh, uh, the, the story for me um, on the weekend was just, you know, the guys coming through. They came in with one job. It was a last-minute decision, and they got it done. They'll take on Noah Almanza and Jeremy Frazier, and it's really going to be the question of in, you know, do we get the Friday or the Saturday version in Miami? Because if we get the Friday <laughs> version, they'll probably win. If we get the Saturday version that fell into tier two of open doubles, I mean, guy and guy may run away with it. So yeah. um, overall, it was a cool weekend just to see. It was a smaller field, but it was still a pretty stout field. There wasn't many opportunities to kind of run away with things um, or or have have dominant. Um, you know, or there there wasn't an opportunity to have a long stretch of games where you weren't playing someone really tough because it was a condensed but tough field um, in the end. But overall, it was uh, it was cool to see some of these teams competing in smaller field. Absolutely. Anthony, what do you have to add? Yeah, the, the, the dual streaker thing is just cool on a number of levels. You know, Florida versus Florida in Florida. Um, these ladies are very familiar with each other. They battle it out at regionals, local stuff. As a matter of fact, duels first regional ever was against Rosie Streaker. So she's going all the way back to the beginning of her career. These ladies also went head-to-head -head on a shootout on, on broadcast before. So there's some history going back to 2021 um, where Duel got the better of that one. So that's kind of cool. You know, maybe a little rivalry going on locally and, uh, you know, up to a national level on the broadcast. So I'm really excited to see how that one shapes out. You throw some family in the stands, you know, 20-plus people. I'm sure they're going to be bringing in some local people from, uh, you know, from their, from their clubs. So you'll probably have some people in there. So it'll be cool to see some, some cornhole show out there uh, in Miami. Um, humans, man, this is a big boy pushes. This guy's push game. I said it, I think it was the beginning of this season or maybe even last summer that this guy's 
an elite level pusher. I think that was the difference in him getting this far. And what was cool about, um, you know, his matchup versus Thorne, it was kind of this push versus roll thing. So Jimmy Humans isn't a roll guy. So he's going to clean up with these, I mean, fastball pushes. He, he can flip over to that slick side. He's coming in hot. He's cleaning it up. So it was kind of cool to see that push versus roll style and strategic play in there. Ultimately, um, you know, I think that one was was Thorns to win. I mean, he was up seven to four in the seventh round to get to TV. He just kind of had these little mistakes, you know, like a fourth bag off to the left or right, kind of missed a collect. Um, it was his to lose, but ultimately humans getting getting the better of that one. And then we're gonna have a rematch. So Smith wins the other side of the bracket. Humans versus Smith. That's a rematch from last season, I believe, right? Trey it was I think it was mid-season somewhere. Uh, humans, humans won that one. Humans won that one. Yep. So that'll be In, uh, Everett, Washington. Ever, oh, you got it down to location. Let's go. Um, so there you go. We've got a couple of rematches um, uh, in singles on that one. And for me, so Smith gets gets that open. He, he had a tough run. He goes through Derek Holland. He goes through Ty Cobb. He runs into Philip Lopez. He's down six to eight versus Windsor. To get on TV, he misses an airmail. It's done. All Windsor needs to do is a pushback. It was a simple hole shot on on fourth bag, collect there, and he misses it. He missed it left to get on TV. So you know Smith squeaking in there against a Windsor. So yeah, that matchup is. I, I'm loving that matchup. That one's going to be fun. On the double side shootout doubles, you mentioned um, Matt and Brett guy. They were really never challenged in that whole bracket. I mean, they just rolled all the way through. And what I love about the whole Matt guy, Brett guy thing is they're bringing two different games um, to the shootout format. We know what Matt guy is going to do. He's going to bring that, you know, high PPR, 100% offense. Brett does it a little bit differently. He plays a speed control game. What's pretty cool about that. When you look into the stats, Matt guy blows everybody out with a, with a, uh, with a 10.4 PPR. Brett Guy was a sub nine. He was a high eight nine, but he outscored his opponent more than Matt Guy. So he was scoring at a higher rate with a lower PPR. So I love that they bring two different things in a partnership. So they're going to bring their own styles to a partnership game. So that, that I'm excited to see what they do on TV. But Almanza and Frazier, like you said, uh, Mish, Almanza was due. He went 0-2 at Natty 1. He was one and done at the last shootout, so he's basically 0-3 in his last kind of pro-level uh, pro level matches, um, so I'm real excited for him to make it. We knew this is a top 10 guy from last year. He wasn't going to stay quiet. It was just a matter of time for him to figure out what was going on. Maybe he ran into some tough matches, but he gets it. He gets there. And then Jeremy Frazier, another name we've been talking about for a while. We, uh, you know, Hunter Thorne, a good case. You know, second place, second pace. We talk about Thorne. We talk about Thorne. He gets the win. I think Jeremy Frazier is another one of those names where we've been kind of talking about him more and more. Maybe even a Carson Getty. He's kind of showing a little signs of a guy that could break out. So I think that that's foreshadowed on who's going to come up next. Jeremy Frazier, I can't figure out why. When you talk to the guy, he says, I'm not playing any more than I normally play. I'm not practicing more than I've always practiced. So I'm like, well, how the heck are you throwing like this? How, how is your game elevating without more work? So he doesn't know. Um, so that's going to be an exciting one. Um, and they had a tough run. You know, they didn't have an easy run. They went through Rawls in Birchfield, you know, our a top four team from last year. Um, they went through humans and Smith who ended up in the singles final. So 
a tough run for them to get to TV. Well-deserved, and they earned it. I mentioned Blaine Rozier last week, you know, um, talking about him working hard, throwing against some of the best players in the world, constantly throwing with Hamilton, constantly throwing with Rawls, and it showed. I thought he did really, really good this weekend. My hot take was that Blaine, Rozier, and Hamilton were going to win doubles in the shootout. Came up one win short of doing that, uh, and they took down some big teams. They took down Thorne, Ryan, Nico Morales, Hisner, and it wasn't Hamilton doing the work. Check this out. Blaine Rozier outscored Hunter Thorne 13 to 6 in their match. And then he outscored Nico Morales 16 to 2 in their match. So the wins really coming from Blaine Rozier's side of the board. He was throwing fire in that shootout. Pretty crazy, Amish. Blaine Rozier. That is. That is crazy when you dig into those stats more. You know, it really does kind of make you look at the, that person differently when they have a really powerful partner on the other side. And you kind of think, oh, yeah, well, yeah, Fisher Hamilton. So, yeah, he know. carried Hamilton, yeah. carried Rozier. Not the case. Not yeah. the case. Very cool. I'm um, moving into the doubles, or I mean, I'm sorry, the open side of things. It was not without its drama. Trey, I know you wanted to address a little bit of the drama that we saw happen over the weekend, including uh, Trevor Brooks. So, uh, what do you want to mention about that? Yeah, it was uh, a little bit of chaos on the uh, on the boards. There was some uh, plenty of smack talk, um, but I, I know a lot of people, a lot of things on social media went a little bit crazy. But so there's plenty of smack talk, but and the, the videos are all over the place between you know Trevor Brooks and a spectator. And at least from an ACL's perspective, I wanted to just put it out there that. Smack talk is acceptable and smack talk is okay as long as it's reined in. What's not acceptable and what is a punishable offense and what will be a punishable offense is, is when you're told to cool your jets and then you proceed to berate and, you know, lash out and verbally abuse a staff member. Um, not, not, doesn't work. So, I just yeah. want to make that explicitly clear that um, whatever comes over the next couple of days and what comes out there and what, what happens is uh, not a reflection of friendly banter or smack talk between two individuals. And I would even argue that the individual that's, you know, if you're a spectator and you're at an event, you shouldn't be trying to get into it with a pro player. Uh, I, I don't agree with that in that instigation whatsoever. But if, if Anthony walks up to me and instigates me in an event and a staff member pulls us apart, it's, it's my responsibility to deal with whatever happens after that point. And what happens after that point is sometimes more important than what happens in the middle of it. So um, that's all I want to say. We'll keep it brief. The, the weekend had some great cornhole, and I don't want to harp on any of that. And, and drama gets – and then there was a rules – you know, Fisher Hamilton stepping over the middle of the line and by the book, it's a good, it's, it's what the, the you know, the ruling was and everything like that. But uh, you know, and the, on the rule book side of things, there'll be some things that we can review in the off season to get a little bit cleaner and a little bit crisper for people. But I don't want to harp too much on drama. The show isn't for drama. There's some other shows that get a drama. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll on that for now. Absolutely. Anthony, anything else to add to what happened in the open side of the event? Yeah, just back to Hunter Thorne. He takes down singles. And if we, I rewind about a year and a half ago, maybe we were on the show, really when we kind of just for, first started the show, as I think when we were talking about it, you know, Thorne was all wrapped up in, in tape and he was he was healing an elbow. The dude was throwing 35 hours a week. I asked him, I said, hey, how's that elbow doing? How much are you throwing? 
35 hours a week. And that was a year and a half ago. Look at how that work has paid off. This guy is breaking into a top 20, maybe a top teen player right now, winning an open. So the hard work for him paying off. He's got all the shots. He's got the roll game. I think he has a legit airmail to go with it. And he has what every dirty player needs to have. If you think you're a dirty player out there because you got a great roll, you have got to be able to flip that bag over to the slick side. And you have to be able to push and collect to be an elite level dirty player. And he can do all of that. Um, on the double side, you know, a really tough bracket in the top right of bracket A. Kind of unfortunate how it laid out. You've got, you know, four elite players just jammed up there. Alex Rawls, Trey Birchfield, Alec Ryan, and Ryan Wiedenfield all in the same top four quadrant. Somebody's going one and two. So that's going to be Alex Rawls. Uh, takes a loss to Birchfield, 22 to 16. And then Wiedenfield drops down. He has to go through Wiedenfield. So Wiedenfield gets him. Uh, goes one and two. So that, that stuff happens. You know, you look at finishes and sometimes it's just the bracket didn't work out for you that well. Um, I'd like to kind of talk through one thing real quick, Nish, because I think it was a, a pretty significant thing that came out of the open and we can all get educated on some rules. We've been talking about the rule book already, Trey. Alec Ryan and Hunter Thorne versus Matt and Brett Guy. And this really goes to show Alec Ryan's awareness in the game and his comfort in communicating with his partner. This guy has a high IQ and he's into the game. He's, he's paying attention to everything and everything matters. And we actually see that on the opposite side uh, when I get to that piece there. But the score, uh, the score was crap. I can't remember what the score was, but Ryan had, Ryan had two bags in two on the board. So he's sitting eight throws this last bag, right? He's done throwing bags. Hunter Thorne begins to go and pick up bags. Matt Guy is standing right next to Alec Ryan. Still has his bag in his hand. So there's a, there's a last bag in the round. Thorne goes down to pick up bags. As soon as Alec Ryan threw his bag, Thorne started to make a move. Immediately he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Kind of caught uh, Thorne's attention saying, don't touch the bags. So to kind of go through the rule of that, because it's significant and it played out later in a Bernicet Brooks matchup. I'm not sure if you saw that one, Trey. Um, but if we kind of just go through the rules real quick, it's really simple. There's only two scenarios. And Trey, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't really talked through this rule before. There's two scenarios. One scenario covers everything but one condition. First of all, when you touch a bag on the board, the round's over. You're scoring the round. There's no more yeah. play. And the team that's not being penalized, the team that did not touch the bag, just think 12 points. You're getting 12 points unless there's a bag on the floor. If there's a bag in your hand, if there's a bag on the board, if there's a bag in the hole, you get three points for every one of those bags. So as long as there's nothing on the floor, you get a 12. Then it goes to the scoring of your opponent. You only get credit for bags in the hole. So in this case, Alec Ryan had two bags in the hole. He's only getting a six. The bags on his board, on the board, do not count. If he had bags in his hand, they do not count. So in this case where he caught uh, Thorn from touching the bags, he saved them big points in that round. And it was, it was kind of, it was in the fourth round there and they were actually only up or down two zero. So it was, it was a big stop. Now, if we go to the Bernicet Brooks match and here's the other one condition that that rule doesn't cover. And it actually was that case. So it's pretty unique that you saw both conditions in the same tournament. So round eight, um, Brooks and Bernicet, they were down six to eight. The board was showing three to three. So you just got a pile of laundry right in the middle of the board. Three to three. The bag was thrown. A fourth bag was thrown by Ty Cobb. He tried to roll it. 
It misses. It cuts way over to Brooks's side of the board, right on the back corner. There's still another bag in play. There's still another bag in play. Brooks snatches the bag off the board. So now he has touched it. Remember the rule? You're done playing. Immediately go into scoring. But this is the one case where it's different. There's one bag left in the round, and Steven Bernisette, his partner, has that bag in hand. So you actually score the round as is, right, Trey? Because it's yeah. the, the penalized team has one bag left, so you score the round as is. So in that case, it was a 4-3. to three. They only gave up one. But if Ty Cobb still had a bag in his hand, it could have been detrimental. It could have been like a 12-3 a or something like that where you're giving yeah. up nine points. So did you want to add anything to that, Trey? Because it was too – it was interesting to see both touch conditions in the same tournament. Yeah. Moral of the story, don't touch the bags. Don't touch <laughs> the bags. It gets really complicated. It gets really yeah, and, complicated. And, and some people say, wow, that's an extreme rule. And it's like it kind of has to be because I just – you don't walk through a scenario. You we, what, The way you have to write the rule book is you have to write it so that it is impossible for someone to intentionally break the rules and benefit. Right. So like, for example, yes. let's say I'm going to d throw a bag, right? And I'm going to push three bags in. I got to be able to, if I go and touch it, I shouldn't be able to get benefits from those three bags yes. possibly going in and the bag in my hand for all those 12 points. Like there are ways that you have to kind of write the rule book so that you prevent all those certain situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't touch the bags. Quadruple check across the <laughs> side that there's no bags left before you touch them. Um, that and, But, I mean, it happens. It just does. You know, it's rare, but it does. All right, let's we've go all, into Yeah, we've all gone to touch bags. Oh, yeah. Like, Whoa! You know, there's always yeah. that hidden bag somewhere. You're so so it's, it's happened to everybody. Yeah. No yeah, absolutely. All right, news around the league. We had the, uh, the Dutch Open in the Netherlands. Singles, Bruno B won, and he also won doubles with David P., yeah, you're not going to get me, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Dutch Open was a perfect pronunciation, enunciation opportunity yeah. there. Test? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, the Southwest Conference, Justin Burton Jr. took singles and doubles with Logan Chamberlain. The Massachusetts State Championship, Jacob Morrell got singles and doubles with was Mark Burgess and Arthur, I think, Nguyen. The West Virginia State Championship singles, Matthew Hewitt and doubles, Zach Smith and Logan Halls. Congratulations to all of the winners around the league. It's time to look at the Open coming up this weekend. So that's going to be in Tiverton, Rhode Island. That's Open number 12. Uh, Alex Hicks was the big winner last year at this time. So, uh, Trey, who are we looking out for for this Open? Yeah, I think this is so you guys know I love to talk about these timelines of where we are, right? Before the kickoff battle, my opens are tune-ups, right? Um, and then you have the kickoff battle. And then my that next segment, that next next period of time before that second national, this is a this is a get right national for me, right? This is figure it out. You know, this is turn it up because something's not working. So for me, the first name that comes to mind, and this is a, this is very harsh, but if you ask him, he would agree with this. I got Alex Rawls on that list of people, right? He's been fine, right? He's just been fine. But he went 0-2 this, this past you know weekend at an Open. Um, at the National, he comes in fifth, and he comes in ninth, which is great. And everybody's like, Trey, why do you care? 
I'll tell you why you care, because Alex cares, right? When he walked out of the kickoff battle, he said, I'm embarrassed. It's my worst finish I've ever had at my nationals, right? Since I've been a rookie at the at the beginning of last season. That tells me he's thinking about it. He then goes to the next open that he has available, goes one and two. I don't like that, okay? So this, for me, is an opportunity for Alex Rawls because, as you saw in my power rankings last week, I had him at like seven, right? And I know Anthony still had him super high. Others have still had him super high. That's fine. But all I'm getting at is the perception is no longer that Alex Rawls is a top three player across the board unanimously, right? Because last year we all said that. We said Alex Rawls is guaranteed. I mean, maybe someone hasn't won two or three, but he's up there, right? It doesn't feel that way anymore. So for me, when I look at specifically, you know, that group of people or, or that individual person, that's just something that that, that stands out that I want to look at. Uh, hometown player, Jacob Trzinski, right? Uh, I think Jacob Trzinski doing solid in doubles, did okay in singles. But you remember Jacob Trzinski at the Cornhole Mania last year, we were talking about, we thought he was going to win the whole thing. I mean, at the Cornhole Mania last season, he made it into the final four of singles. He would have been on the broadcast if we had shown the final four of singles instead of the final two. He comes up just a little bit short to Alex Rawls, someone else that I just talked about. So I'm really excited to see how Jacob Trzinski does that. I also got Tony Smith on there, right? Tony Smith in singles at the kickoff battle was not the Tony Smith that we saw last season. Yeah. Sure, in doubles, had a pretty strong finish. Nothing wrong with that. Not necessarily criticizing doubles, the chemistry he and Trzinski have. But in singles, we're talking about a guy that's now going to get, you know, the guy that was a top five player finishing, what, or was he 50th or something, Anthony? You got the number. I know you do. But the whole point is, Jay, uh, Tony Smith is now playing on his home turf. Being from he playing, he's playing both. He's playing both. He's he's going. He's going. He's getting on a plane. He's he's playing in the shootout on Friday night. Wow. And he's him and Jimmy have a five a.m. flight out of Miami to go up to Tiverton. So and this starts at what time? On Saturday. Yeah, no, they'll be there. They'll be good. They'll be oh good. my god. <laughs> So, so, and I know everybody's just getting, look, he's in the shootout final. Fine. I'm talking about play to 21 format. Okay. Tony Smith was a top five player in a play to 21 format last season. And he's not seeing that so far this season. So it's just something, someone else that I'm um, necessarily looking for. Um, there's some others, you know, I, I, there's some others that are not necessarily, people that I think want to get right. I can't wait to see Devin Harbaugh again, see if he can continue this sustained success that he's been having recently. Um, Fisher Hamilton is another another player that in the shootout format been, you know, actually been pretty good recently. Been a little bit up and down in others, but I almost liked when he got called out for that little rule violation in, in Rapid City, South Dakota. And then all of a sudden, like from then on, he just went on a tear. It was like he got angry as soon as he got called for a rule violation. And he kind of leveled out, Anthony, from a mechanics perspective. You know, he was doing a lot of this, this, and this. You heard me talk about that before. And then all of a sudden it felt a lot cleaner, like he was intentionally focusing on that. And I know maybe it was for a reason of I don't want to get a penalty called on me, but I think the indirect effect is that it may have actually helped him be, being a little bit more consistent and a little bit um, more down the center. Um 
really that's the, 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 I think one of the cool things here is when we look at um, registrations, 323 open singles playing in the top tier. That doesn't include anybody else. And when we look at open doubles, wow. 420 open doubles teams. Wow. This is going wow. to be a gauntlet up in wow. Tiverton. So look for whoever wins this weekend, either to be someone that we knew was going to win from the beginning and someone that's been there this whole time or someone that's really looking to continue their upward trajectory. Absolutely. Anthony, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just kind of scanning through, looking at some some interesting matchups here. And right away, a couple pop out to me. You've got uh, Kyle Malone and Trey Birchfield teaming up as a team. Um, that's pretty unique uh, and fun. That one could be interesting. I love this one here. Ryan Smith and Braden Wilson. We talked about Braden Wilson last week, the 10-year-old. Uh, he's 11 now, almost won an open at 10. He had to get through Alex Hicks. It had a crazy battle. It was like 20 to 21. Um, very similar plays, obviously same bag types. That would be cool to see, uh, to see those guys go deep. Um, Jimmy humans and Mark Richards. That's different. Is that real? <laughs> that does seem odd. Yeah, that does yeah. seem odd. Right. But I think it is, it is real because, uh, he said, that's why I'm going and making sure I'm getting back for the, Oh, oh yes. I'll <laughs> what are they throwing? Cause you can't get Jimmy humans to throw a faster bag. Uh, they could probably go wrong, to like a didn't, surefire. Didn't this duo play together once last year as well? Did they play in, um, Everett Washington again? I'm going to go look that up. I think they won in Everett, Washington. Okay, you keep going, Anthony. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fact was check. Was that, myself. was that the, was that the uh, tournament where Tony Smith was going to you to switch bags every time? Yes, that was the tournament. I he think was you're right. I think time. you're right. Then I think you're right. Um, yeah, that'll be a fun one there. Uh, Nico Morellis and Austin Schlobaum are going to be teaming up. Uh, obviously, Nico Morellis, the, the breakout. I call him the A player in that matchup. Although Schlobaum has been shown, you were you right. You were right, Trey. Jimmy, Jimmy Humans and Mark Richards won in Everett, Washington last year. The same. There you go. Whoa, whoa. This is all coming together. Jimmy Run Humans, it back. This is, this is all music to Jimmy Humans' ears. Last year in Everett, Washington, Jimmy Humans did two things. He beat Tony Smith in the shootout final on oh, TV. no, he didn't. Stop and he playing. won the Open with Mark wow. Richards. So he, Jimmy, this is Jimmy Humans has to win this weekend. He's going Jimmy, for a wow. picks. Everybody change your picks. Jimmy Human <laughs> winning the entire weekend. Wow. That is a crazy coincidence. That is a crazy coincidence. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but yeah, on, on the that is awesome. On the single side, I mean, if we look to last year about this time, Mark Richards was already racking up a bunch of wins, a bunch of ACL titles. Nothing really yet, although he's always right there. I think Mark Richards is due. I don't think he's a worse player than last year. I think he's a better player than last year, but the talent is deeper. So from a singles perspective, Mish, man, Mark Richards is definitely due to, to, to break out and win some. I couldn't agree more. Also happening this weekend, like I mentioned, is the finals for the shootout and the Super Bowl. Our uh, shootout finalists we did mention before, but the Super Bowl, we're going to have Mary Soul Patton from the Real Housewives teaming up with Whitney Martinez, Food God, uh, Food TV expert, and Ashton Spees. Vinny G from Jersey Shore and Jeremy Shermerhorn and Charlotte Flair, who's a WWE uh, lady and Brett Guy. Uh, that's a fun one because I don't know if everybody knows how big of a WWE fan uh, Brett Guy is, um, but he he definitely dabbles in that world. So that's going to be really cool for him. What do you think, Trey? Yeah. 
Yeah, let's start with Super Hole because I think there's some there's two <laughs> really cool, fun pairings that I think are going to be a, a lot of fun here. One is Charlotte and Brett. So Brett is a diehard WWE. Yes. Charlotte Flair, the queen of WWE. That is her nickname. She's the daughter of Ric Flair, but she is one of these superstars on the female side for WWE. So Brett is like, he said he's packing a costume. He's got like all the, I mean, he is like ready to go here. He's packing a costume. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh then you got Vinny G. Yes. Who, so Vinny from Jersey Shore, if you remember, let's let's let, let's set the stage here for everybody, right? So last season, remember, we had Mike the Situation from Jersey Shore. He competes both in a prelim and the championship event with Jacob Trzinski. Jersey Shore films a portion of their season of Jersey Shore Family Vacation centered around this cornhole journey that Mike, the situation goes on. Here's what people don't remember. And I'm going to give you some inside scoop here. And Jeremy's going to hate me for this. If you go back and watch the episode of them getting ready to go to Rock Hill, Angelina decides that she's going to DM Jay Cutler and she's going to start DMing a bunch of different cornhole players. Well, one of the cornhole players that she DM'd was Jeremy Shermerhorn because Jeremy Shermerhorn, yes, had just won the USA Cornhole National (laughs) Championship. So he was kind of on the face of everything. So he texts Jeremy Shermerhorn, and Jeremy starts texting back like, you should come out. We're having an ultra team party. Like, you should come out, blah, blah, blah. Vinny then on the show takes Angelina's phone and starts reading the text messages of Jeremy (laughs) Shermerhorn on the air saying what is, this guy's a this guy's a you know what this guy's a blah 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 right making fun of jeremy Shermerhorn. so when the acl staff sat down and said vinny's coming to play we gotta put him with gotcha. jeremy Shermerhorn. there's gotcha. no other option for him to play with and when i he's texted already a jeremy, jersey shore star <laughs> yeah when i texted when i texted jeremy Shermerhorn, i said do you want to play in super Bowl?" he said yeah that's awesome who am i playing with i said Vinny from Jersey Shore, he says, you're kidding. <laughs> he, thought I, he thought I was joking. It was, uh, but yeah, uh, obviously the entire lineup is going to be great. Um, there's some other reality style stuff that I can't divulge at this point, but that are going to be integrated into, into the broadcast and after the broadcast as well that are going to be really fun. So really excited. It's very Miami feel to, to everything, very over the top. So um I'm a little bit jealous of you two that I won't be on the mic for this one. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> and then we have a, 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 a DJ as well, right? Yep. Uh, DJ. Oh gosh. You put me, you put me on. I totally did that right on now. purpose. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Revenge. I think it's Ambrose. It's a, it's a unique name. It's a unique. Yeah, but he's huge. Apparently. Yeah. He's, he's a big, he's a really big. Um, yeah. And DJ Ambrose. That was right. Um, Big deal in Miami. He's 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 taking it seriously, so I'm excited. It's gonna be awesome. fun for sure. Yeah, on Thank the uh, yeah, I was just gonna say on on the Brett topic. Um, so I'm like 90 percent sure. I'll have to confirm this with Brett, but I believe he was named after and 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 Brett's nickname is the Hitman. So if you go back to, gosh, maybe the early 90s or the 90s, there was a W there was a WWF wrestler named. Brett the Hitman Hart. This is going back to my childhood. Um, so I believe Brett was named after Brett the Hitman Hart, and he took that nickname, Brett the Hitman. So we're going to have to drop that one 
on the broadcast for sure. Uh, Brett Guy is going to be the hitman. I'm telling you, we're going to have to drop that one. So that's awesome <laughs> that he's teaming up with Ric Flair's uh, Ric Flair's daughter. How did how did uh, Whitney Martinez and Ashton Spees fit into those matchups, Trey? Yeah, yeah. So really, there's there's a few different ways that we select. Obvious, the two obvious ones are if there's an obvious story fit like those two they get paired up. The second is if, if a pro brings a celebrity into the Super Bowl series, that's how they get paired up. Then we, the rest, we try to mix it up. And, and if there's real, no real obvious like storylines, we try to give it to somebody that has been a veteran with us or been around for a while or has some other quality. So we wanted to, you know, it's, it's Whitney Martinez's second year. She, um, you know, we, we like to have a female on every single one. So we've cycled through a lot of the different females felt like it was a good opportunity. We generally, as a good rule of thumb, don't let rookies partake in it unless there's an obvious storyline. So it just kind of came around. That was, it was her time to go. And the same thing in Ashton Spees. He's been a pro forever. He's kind of earned it. He brings some good energy and we just felt like it was, and being from Florida, you know, it felt like something that, that was a good tie in. Yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. Are right, you guys ready for power rankings? Oh, let's go. Ooh. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do right. it. Who's going first? Uh, how about Anthony goes first this time? All right, Anthony. Going first this time? Take right. it down. Yeah. I got I to gotta right. do what Anthony does. I see Anthony just real quick. I, whenever I do mine, Anthony's got his computer, and I can tell he's writing down what mine is, and he's like, yep, he's yep. comparing them. <laughs> yep, so try I can to keep your paper ready. There we go. There we go. Oh, All right, cool. so mine, mine shook up quite a bit uh we did this i don't know maybe two months ago or a month and a half ago um obviously we got a national under our belt uh that's going to come into play mostly right we're getting we're getting a feel of what came out of the national some weird things happened at the national you've got bonus points in play so number one for me justin burton jr and logan chamberlain they get the 20 bonus points winning so here's what could happen with these guys these guys could take last place last place at the next national, you get to drop your worst. They could come into national three and take like 20 something. You get your bonus points on and it's almost like they took a top four or five position. So they could really blow it in the next two nationals and then just close out the last two and still finish in the top five or six. So I have to recognize the fact that they got those first place bonus points. Plus they continue to trend up. Justin Burton Jr. keeps showing up deep in tournaments. They just beat Kano and Soto again in a conference. I think it was a conference this, this past weekend in Texas. So, And it's really Logan Chamberlain in this one that's locking up the number one spot for me. We know what JBJ can do, but Logan Chamberlain continues to kill it. And he's a, he's, I don't even know if I'd call him the B player. He's just right there with Justin Burton Jr. Another carpetbag team, Fisher Hamilton and uh, uh, Gavin Kano come up, come up to my number two. So back-to-back. These guys made the shootout final. We saw them on TV. They continue to show deep. Kano, when we originally did the uh, rankings, you know, Kano was like making moves, but I feel like he might have even actually moved up into an equivalent A player. So maybe you have an A and an A together. To me, they deserve a number two spot. Number three, I'm staying carpet. Um, Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfield. They take third at national number one. Um, and they And Ryan Smith continues to show that he's improving his singles game along with his doubles game. So I went carpet, carpet, carpet to start it out. One, two, three. Number four is a new partnership. 
Devin Harbaugh and Nico Morellis uh, jumping into my top four. Um, I mean, we've been talking about them quite a bit. We know that Nico is a, is a top player now in the league. Um, he showed out at national number one in singles. These guys don't have a big tournament under their belt yet, but they're going to be coming into the national uh, ready to do work. They're going to have to do work right out of the gate. They're going to have a low seed. That's going to be tough, but I think they're going to win that game one, take over that top seed and run through the bracket. I think that's how that's going to play out. Um, that means my my top two, my top three teams that were, you know, Mark Richards, Philip Lopez, Alex Rawls, Trey Birchfield, Matt Guy, Jamie Graham all dropped down the list. So Alex Rawls and Trey Birchfield take number five for me. I think that Trey Birchfield and Rawls are outplaying Philip Lopez right now. Um, and I think they're outplaying Jamie Graham. Um, so you got a Mark Richards and a Matt Guy really maintaining their play within that doubles partnership. It's going to come down to Jamie Graham and Philip Lopez. So, so Trey, I went Rawls Birchfield five, Richards Lopez six, but seven, I went Tony Smith and Jacob Trzinski. Um, uh, they both did well, Trzinski showed out in singles, um, at the, uh, at national number one, and they took ninth at national or they're currently ranked ninth right now. So, um, I think they're going to be a, a great team this year. That means Matt Guy and Jamie Graham jumped all the way down to my number eight. And it's just because of the unknowns we have with Jamie Graham. We're seeing Matt Guy evolve his game. He's figuring out the shootouts. He's still he's still doing what he does. It's going to come down to Jamie Graham if they're going to maintain a top 10 position. Um, Joe Neistead and Jeremy Shermerhorn were my number 10 last time. They move up to number nine. Uh, they had those second place bonus points. Can they do that again, though, is really where I don't what we need to see. If they come out at national number one and have another top five finish, I think they jump way up my list. I just got to see them do that again, specifically Jeremy Shermerhorn, right? We know G G Joe Neistead is going to is going to be elite level, whether it's singles or doubles. Jeremy Shermerhorn really needs to pull out another one. And number 10 was tough. I actually didn't wasn't going to put them in my top 10. The only reason they're still in my top 10 is they took fifth at national or they're currently ranked fifth which kind of blows my mind a little bit, Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert uh, pulled a 10 spot, which means no world champs. Jay Rubin, Jordan Power, they're my 12. Alex Hicks and Ryan Windsor fell out of my list. Wooten and Thorne are right outside the list. Humans Malone right outside the list. What do you think, Trey? Uh, what do you, <laughs> I'm Humans at your... Malone was 14th on your list? Yeah, man, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Wow. 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 That shocks me. And nothing, yep. nothing you said shocked me until Except that, that one. one. Yep. Wow. That is, I'll let you finish up your thoughts and I'll add mine. Only because Zockline and, and, and God, this one was really hard for me, but they came out and they killed it at national number one, which surprised me. Um, I don't know. How do you take a top five team right now in the world and not, not put him at number 10 when they've shown that history? I, I'm, I'm on the, it's tough. It's a tough one. I'm going to blow your mind, but I got Zockline and Halbert in mine. Oh, you do? Okay. okay. <laughs> so, I'm not fighting you on Zockline okay. and Halbert. <laughs> okay. 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 So, what do you right, got? We'll go through mine. I was the uh, I was kind of opposite to you, and I'm kind of opposite of what I did in singles, which the reason – and I'll explain what I mean by that. Opposite meaning in singles, I was very trendy, right? I was very much like – Who's good right this second is 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 who's at the top of my power rankings, which I remember surprised you a little bit. Yes. Here, I was kind of the opposite because 
in doubles, I tend to see teams over the long term stay true to how good they really are. There might be a little bit of fluctuation, but in general, we see more fluctuation in singles. So that's the logic to hear. So right now, this is that tells I'm, me that tells me you're not going to have Turpin and Franklin in your top ten. No, I don't. Oh. I, have them, I have them just outside. I have them okay. just outside, right? Um, but Dylan Turpin was in my top ten in singles, yep. so I'm not. I'm not discrediting Turpin. It's more I want to see more from Franklin. Yep. So number one, I have I have Mark Richards and Philip Lopez. I understand that there are some issues with Philip Lopez right now, and we're not seeing the same consistent player. I'm putting them there for the last time. Because I just know that the, when they show up, they didn't play well at the kickoff battle and they came in fifth. For a team to not play that well and finish yep. fifth is, is stupid, right? They're just a really, really good team. Number I two, agree. I have Birchfield and Rawls. Same type of logic. Again, you push them down, I'm giving them one last-ditch effort. I got Birchfield and Rawls up there. I think they're good. Now... I I didn't I'm not very consistent and I'll talk about that in a second. Number three, the exact same as you, Ryan Wiedenfeld, Ryan Smith. Finished okay. top four in the I'll kickoff battle. There. They already won a shootout. They finished top, you know, top five, you know, top three, four in a in a in a national event. They're they're up there. Number four, I have Kano and Hamilton. Okay, so your number two was my number four. We expected it for Fisher Hamilton. Kano is now exceeding my expectations, which says a lot. The kid is really, really good. I have Jimmy Jimmy Humans and Kyle Malone at five. Anthony's got him at three hundred at the back of the line. <laughs> they're trying to get they're trying to get in. You know, they're sold out at the movie theater to try to buy a ticket at Anthony's show. I got him at fifth. All right, so uh, yeah, I mean, they finished fifth. They had to get double dipped in order to get past uh, Kyle Malone, like four weeks ago, we we're talking about maybe the best player in the world going into the national and Jimmy humans just made the final of a shootout. I don't know what more you want, Anthony, what humans. more do you want out of these guys? I just feel like I get inconsistency out of humans. You know, he's a, he's a 27 guy. He's an 11 guy. So I just don't know what to get. He just doesn't have that consistency that Malone has. My next one, just like Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, this is the last time I'm giving them any of any benefit of the doubt. I have Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain at six, and this is the last time I will doubt in any way, shape, or form Logan Chamberlain. If he does it again, I he is he is he is cemented, and they're a permanent top three team for the rest of the season. I got him at six only for that reason. I need to see it one more time. I got Joe Niestet and Jeremy Shermerhorn at seven. Right, Joe Nieves, elite player. He's top five in my power rankings. I'm a little bit worried about Jeremy Shermerhorn, but at the same time, they they proved they can get all the way to a final two at a national. So for that, they deserve to be that high. I have Halbert and Zockline at eight. Okay, wow. same reason you do. I look at Zockline sometimes and I say I don't love what I'm seeing, but they produce and they continuously at these national events have top 10 finishes. And for that, they deserve to stay in the top 10 until they prove otherwise. I went all the way to number nine for Jamie Graham and Matt yep. Guy. Yep. Jamie Graham's not his right self. And I'm not, I'm not putting Jamie Graham near the top 10 until he gets it together. He will get it together. And I will put him back in here. 
but not as of right now. And then finally, I have Harbaugh and Morales. Really, I wanted them in my top 10, but by default, I put them at 10. I'm not going to rank a team uh, that high until they start playing together, right? I'm purely going off speculation if I put them any higher. So I'm just saying they're a top 10 team. I just don't know where they fall just yet. So I think we were close 8 out of 10. You didn't have Tony Smith or Jacob Trzinski. They didn't get the nod, right? No, that was the only one I – yeah, I didn't have – that was the only one I didn't have. Oh, okay. We matched up every other one. Okay, so Tony Smith and Trzinski, gotcha. Yeah. For humans and Malone. For humans and Malone, which is tough. Put those guys together, 10 10 matches. Who's going to win 10 out of of 10? Sorry, should have bought your tickets in advance, Jimmy and Kyle. You ain't getting the Anthony show. (laughs) Sold out. better. (laughs) All right, Trey, what's your hot take? Uh, Hot takes, I am going to pick the entire weekend. I'm going to go – Jimmy Humans in men's singles. I'm going to go Rosie Streaker in women's singles. And in doubles, I'll go Matt and Brett with a chick on top. I'm going Vinny and Jeremy Shermerhorn to take down Super Bowl. Okay. Anthony. I'm going to say Brett the Hitman Hart continues his run. He's going to win the uh, win that Super Bowl with Charlotte Flair, and he's going to win doubles uh, with Matt Guy. So – it's going to be the Brett guy show this weekend. The combination of yours is mine. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to be the weekend for Jimmy humans. Jimmy humans is going to win singles and doubles. Well, in his two different events. So with Mark Richards over <laughs> and, in the and, and he catches the flight and he catches the flight. Yeah, that's the flight. Get there. It's, it's, that's odd. Tick. Come on. I, I was going to be a little bit version of yours, but that's what we're going with. All right. That's all we got time for. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Lots of cornhole to watch and we'll see you next time.